Welcome to Small Business Big Network, the podcast for small business owners who want big results from their networking. I'm Liz Drury, a freelance voiceover artist who knows that if you're not working, then networking could help. Stephen Mayat is the owner of Pocket Creatives, a video production and photography company. Recently, Stephen has been taking a slight step back to work on his business as well as in it, and that includes networking. Thank you very much for being my podcast guest today, Stephen. Hello, Liz. How are you doing? I'm really good, thank you. Now, you're a creative director and a photographer, but have you always worked in that sector? What, what's been your career journey so far? It, it's, um, it's gone through a few um, different left and right turns, really. I mean, I, I've always been a creative at heart, and I guess... Um, I started um, in broadcasting, so I was one of the very lucky ones who came out of school knowing exactly what I wanted to do, mm. and that was make video content. Um, and back at that, in those days, it was all DVDs, and it, or it was film, or it was television, and so I sort of headed down the television route um, straight into broadcasting. So I studied broadcasting um, and managed to work in uh, post-production to start off with. Yeah. So I, I joined a, a post facility um, and looked after uh, a, quite a large team um, who supported lots of BBC and ITV works, sort of Horizon documentaries, Crime Watch and things like that. And that, that gave me a really sort of good base of, of, sort of technical understanding, knowing how to speak to people, knowing how to deliver a good sort of level of service to, you know befitting of sort of some quite um difficult um projects with some tricky characters <laughs> um and some very very tough and tight deadlines um and so it was kind of a, was a little bit of a, of a baptism of fire um but it wasn't really what i wanted to do long term i wanted to do my own stuff i think yeah. I've, I've, I've always been someone who's been keen to sort of be a master of my own destiny really um and so despite doing that full time, I'd always um, sort of was able to build a little bit of my own business on the side. Um, and actually, I managed to bring a couple of clients through um, from my uh, college course um, into the real world. Mm. So uh, the Museum of London being the main one, um, we did a, did a little project for them to celebrate uh, uh, 25th anniversary when I was uh, studying. Yeah. And rather than go back to the college after I've left for their next project, they came straight back to me. Oh, and great. so that gave me an opportunity to start working out what it would be like to be my own boss. I had to do my HMRC registrations yeah. and look after my own tax. And um, <laughs> that was a uh, uh, very, very, um, at the time, tough but exciting thing to do you know at sort of 20 21 years old go all right I yeah. need to register register for tax and it's quite <laughs> it's quite a quite a hair-raising thing and you, you don't realize that it's quite a straightforward thing it feels very very serious and you yeah, know, very, yeah very adult you don't really want to be but um but yeah and and I long very very long story short I've kind of gone through the broadcasting journey through doing a little bit of um uh ledger and heritage um I then joined my company with another and we started to do a lot more in the um, sort of higher ends of business and corporate world. So mm. working with companies like Tesco and British Gas and Philips. Um, and that was an education very, very different to what I had had um, previously. Mm. Um, learning to put proposals together and deliver work to, again, another sort of big, big jump up in terms of quality of, uh, and, and client management. 
Um, and I guess then the world changed a little bit. Everybody started to use social media. Um, yeah. We stopped using DVDs. We started delivering everything online. Um, and I had a real interest in doing more short form, quick fire, engaging, interesting pieces rather than your 10 to 20 minute epics and <laughs> training videos. Um, and actually, I, I then set up a new business with my current business partners, with which we became Pocket Creatives. Um, and they were only 17 years old at the time. Um, so they took a little bit of a leap of faith in me. And I likewise from um, my side as well. And um, they decided not to go through the uh, sort of the usual um, university route for mm. their careers and instead went look we'd rather go out and get our hands dirty and start to learn how to do things um, and the three of us kind of went all right hands over our eyes jumped into <laughs> into that head first um, and sort of five years later here we are. Yeah so yeah a big leap of faith on, on both parts I think there but it's it seems to have worked out for you. Very much so it's it's um it's an enjoyable business to be a part of and it's very enjoyable working with people who don't have exactly the same mindset as you. Yeah. Um, I think there's a lot to be said for um, working with younger people. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not that long ago turned 40 and I still still feel like I'm very, very young. Um, <laughs> but um, when you've got your sort of business partners 15, nearly sort of 18 years younger than you, um, it, does, it does very, very much have an impact on the dynamic. Yeah. Yeah, in, in a good way, I should think. In a very good way. Um, I mean, I I, um, I think I, I left my previous business expecting that actually I'd been there, seen it and done it. Um, mm. uh, and it's only then when you start working with other people who are very, very different in their backgrounds from you that you realise that actually, you know, <laughs> you, you get to a certain stage in your career and you can still learn an awful yes. lot from the people around you, yeah. even if they're from, from different backgrounds with, with less experience than you. Yeah, absolutely. Well, as a mother of a 17 and a 20 year old, yeah, <laughs> they can teach you a lot. I bet, yeah. <laughs> so I love the name Pocket Creatives. So and I'd like to know how, how you came up with that. Um, by complete mistake, if I'm honest <laughs> with you. Um, we had some dreadful names floating around when we were starting off. Um, uh, I, and actually, I can't even remember them. I think they've probably gone right to the back of my mind in the hope that they'd never make them like <laughs> day again. Um, but I think we, we wanted something that was, um, you know, regular everyday words and something that perhaps had a little bit of, um, of cuteness, I suppose, yeah. to it. Um, you know, we're very personable people. We didn't want something that was kind of like, you know, um, pink spaceship or anything that was going to be too, like, you know, you didn't have to think about it and it wasn't too wild or crazy but I, I guess the the reasoning for this is that the vast majority of the work that we create ends up in your pocket through yeah. your phone connected yeah. to, to um social media yeah. and um and it kind of i think we probably reverse engineered that um <laughs> that thinking uh and that justification but there was no one else out there that was called it and, it, and actually that that is it's hard to find something um yes. that no one else has has, has done or yeah. named themselves and that just you know we, we saw it and we thought yeah great that'll do <laughs> yeah well it works because I, I immediately had images of phone in back pocket so yeah <laughs> even, if, even if that's not what you intended in the first place that's a, it's worked <laughs> I think you grow into it sometimes as well actually and it's um it's funny we got we got ourselves branded 
five years ago when we started, uh, we've never come close to having a rebrand. We've never come close to having a name change. Yeah. And um, I think you know you're onto a right thing then when actually you don't feel the need to reinvent yourself even yeah. after a, you know, a good few years. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk a bit about, about what you do for your clients. What kind of projects do you get involved in? So we, we do... We offer two main things, really. We um, we don't go as far as to say that we are uh, an all-singing, all-dancing um, agency of, mm-hmm. of everything. Um, there was definitely a design at one point to want to do all of that, but actually we, we made a conscious decision to focus on the things that we're good at to start mm. off with and the things that we really want to do, and that is delivering creative work so that's photography and that's video production um we don't do social media management we don't do all the marketing the the market research uh the strategy we apply we have to apply a lot of marketing thought and a lot of communications theory to what we offer otherwise you're just uh, you're just a gun for hire ultimately mm. unless you can provide some um proper thought and thinking behind what you offer um but yeah it's it we do do anything from um product pack shots at sort of the easier level i guess um we do a lot of social media content um a lot of brand videos and we've recently started doing in the past year tv adverts as well so mm. it covers quite a range of of services and who are your clients? Is there any such thing as a typical client or do you work with a broad, a broad range of people? I, I tell you what's happened is that as, as time has gone on, um, we've ended up developing um, a bit more of a, uh, a target customer. And at mm. the moment that tends to be in the beauty and, beauty and cosmetics industry mm. um, as well as the food and drinks industries. Um, however, when we started, we did make a point of going against all the advice that we're given to niche, 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 yes. find a customer, <laughs> stick to it, do that. Um, but we didn't want to do the same stuff every single day. Yeah. We didn't want to wake up and go, all right, great, here's project number 12 for this client and you know, let's open this template and do that. I think it goes against everything that you want as a creative if you have to stop applying creative thought. Yeah. Um, and actually part of what we've what we've created here is a business where um, it'd be wrong to say we're a jack of all trades because we're not, but we will be we're in a very strong position to offer our services regardless of what sector um, or what stage of, um, of, of the business mm-hmm. our client might be at. There'll be something that we can offer um, to almost everybody out there unless it's to a point where it is specialist enough that we'll turn it away because actually we don't believe that we're the right people for it yeah yeah and I think it's always good to know isn't it when when you're not the right person and if you can point the client in the direction of somebody who would be better than you then that client's still going to remember you for doing that I think yeah and actually what what we it's really really hard in our industry to have a USP yes Um, you know as, as a professional creative um it's expected that you deliver professional quality results you know yeah. we can't we can't say that the, you know the reason that you should hire us is because you get great quality video actually any any video yeah. production company you should expect that yeah um we focus a lot more on the kind of people we are and the kind of service that you get from us and again that is that's not a usp in itself either but the reason that people would come to us typically is because we we are quite nice to work with we don't have a lot of egos floating around yeah. um we don't tell people what we're going to deliver for them and then give it to them at the end once they've given us their money um <laughs> it's a very much a, a collaborative very human driven approach yes. um 
and I think that's where that's where we try to make that difference. And and honesty and trust are huge, huge elements of that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think this is perhaps where you can start t- talking about the networking now then. So I was having a look at your LinkedIn profile earlier on today and it, it said that you started off being very hands on, but now you're able to kind of step back, back a bit and work on the business. And I'm guessing that includes networking for the business, does it? It does. Yeah. And actually, um, I mean, I've, I've, I've made life slightly harder for myself, I suppose, in some ways, because during the during the pandemic, um, my wife and I actually moved up to the north of England, um, mm. whereas the rest of the team are based uh, in London and we've got a studio in London. Um, and, and part of that reasoning was so that for a change, the business can help support not only me now, but in the future, the people that are working within our business to sort of help provide a little bit bit of balance really um you know we all go through periods where we we overwork um and you're on your phone until late you feel like you're under pressure to reply to any email regardless of you know what past 11 at night that might come (laughs) in um but if you look at the positive side um of that from our client's perspective is that you get a more balanced person i guess at the end of it and and what i've what i've tried to create um as part of the requirements for my role is the ability to sort of step back view things with a clean set of eyes you know i'm not there every day in and amongst everything um and i think that does give you an ability to um have a completely different impact on how you go about a project and how a project gets overseen and the support that you can give to your clients and to your team doing that work um and going back to the networking side um whereas Pre-COVID, I was very happy going out, meeting people, going to networking events, for example. Um, I can't do that quite as easily now because I'm you know, 200 miles away. Yeah. Um, but actually, more and more uh, virtual events are, uh, are kicking in. Yep. Um, and, and that's quite, a, quite an interesting thing to be a part of. Yeah. Now, I think you and I met on a, um, an online FSB networking event. Yeah. Why do you think... What, what, why is networking important for you? Why is it important for you to, to attend those kinds of events? I think, I think what we see now is that um, regardless of your competition, actually most people, I think at the moment, are, have the mindset that life is quite hard. Um, you know, the world is twisting and turning on us seemingly every month at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are some horrifying statistics from a business owner's perspective about how many um, uh, get sort of knocked out and have to yeah. close um, over a given month, and that's that, that's terrifying for most business owners to sort of see the the prevalence of difficulties that are out there. And I think what I have found very interesting, certainly at the the FSB events recently, is that people aren't joining these meetings to push their own agenda and you know sale, sale, sale. Mm-hmm. The first thing that I noticed was everybody Woody was connecting with me and saying, "Who can I introduce you to? Yeah, what sort of clients?" you know are you interested in who's going to be interested in what you are delivering and I found that a really refreshing change to the um the you know I'm here for this buy this from me buy this service um join this newsletter and everything else which was my previous view of how those sort of events Mm -hmm. work yeah and and that doesn't work does it if you go in with the mindset of I'm here to sell to these people. That's just a turn off right away, isn't it? It is. And I think it's, as I say, it's a difficult world at the moment. And I think what, what everybody's realising is, is that there is, there is, it's a very imperfect way of 
selling. Mm. Um, and more and more people are adopting the mindset of education rather than direct yeah. um, direct sales in, in that sense. Um, it's a matter of letting people know what you do and why you can why and how you can help them yeah. if they need you rather than being too in your face and, and down people's throats. Yeah, I think you know everybody likes to be helped, but nobody likes to be sold to. No, exactly, exactly that. Yeah, and, yeah. and you know and we, we get it from every angle, don't we? LinkedIn, emails, um, texts, phone, uh, social media, everywhere, every single where we're looking at the moment, regardless of what kind of a, a life you lead, you're being sold to from every minute of the day, from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to sleep, on on every possible media channel that there is yeah. out there. Um, and I think getting that every day through every message you get every day um, and particularly where we choose to go to these networking events, you know, I think ideally what you want to do is you want to learn what other people are um, are doing and learning from any of the struggles that they're having and the ways that they're getting around some of those challenges um, rather than just joining something and having to kind of rebuff every everything that you're already getting too much exposure to anyway yeah so how much networking do you do and and have you got networking meetings that you go to on a regular basis i'm scaling them up i think as most business owners find the time to do that um these kind of activities is you know a small percentage of of their month um we're pushed and pulled into so many different directions mm-hmm. and responsibilities, aren't we? Regardless of what sort of size business that you that you own, um, finding time to dedicate to something where you don't know what the outcome is going to be, um, or rather, you don't really know what the pers- what the value of that yeah. to you is going to be, is quite hard. I'm finding that I may be doing um, one or two um, online events a month at the moment, and I think that will probably increase over time. Um, but it's, it's sometimes difficult to find enough dedication to those where you know that you might have 50 million other things that you need to do on, uh, on that day as well. Yeah. And I think when it comes to networking, it's, it's not a thing that you see instant results from. It's, you know, it's a long term thing. It's a marathon, not a sprint. So like you say, you, you, you might think, well, I'm, I'm not sure what my return's going to be on this investment of my time. So do I want to make that investment of time? But you kind of don't know until you've been doing it for a while whether it's working for you or not. Well, that's it. You can't, I think you, you can't come off of a, off of a networking uh, event over Zoom and go, right, well, how do I, how do I measure my percentage return back <laughs> yeah. off of this previous two, two hours that I've just invested in this? It, it, you know, it doesn't work in that way. No. Ultimately, it is, um, it's a slow a slow burn yes um and ultimately i think you're you're not doing it yeah you know, if you're doing it for the reasons that um you know you're just going to measure your roi come the end of it it's it's not it's not something to do with no. that um <laughs> that expectation um but actually what's lovely is to be able to meet people and there's always an opportunity that you'll speak with somebody and they might know somebody else yeah. or you might meet someone and you might be able to introduce them to somebody yes. else and i think things like that um, I actually I really enjoy because it does remind you that business is not just about the cold hard selling and making money no. and it's not what I got into this for um, making money out of business I've always kind of regarded as a, as a necessary evil which in many <laughs> ways has made me a dreadful business person um, so don't always put that first um, 
but actually I like to think it's a nicer way of being if you're not just chasing every pound coin that's available out yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. And I think you know, the networking, especially if you're going to a group regularly, it gives you that opportunity to, to establish relationships with people. Yes, and I, I, to be honest, I'm, um, I, I, I joined the FSB only at the beginning of the year, and so I'm a very sort of very late comer mm. um, to this. So I'm still kind of feeding my way around that and you know, making sure that I get myself to more. And I'm, I'm not quite at that stage yet where I'm going, oh, hey, hi, it's you. We met you with the last one. <laughs> um, but that's, that's what I'm looking forward to. That's what I'm looking forward to getting to in the next couple of months. Yeah, and I think that's that's when the networking starts to work really well. Once you've got to know people, and then you you understand their business a bit better, and then then you can really think about who there is in your network that you could introduce them to that they um, they might be helpful for. Yeah, and I think it's really nice as well to see um, other services and platforms and things out there that perhaps you wouldn't have thought about. Um, you know, you don't always go looking for something. Every now and again, you want to be um, found by someone or inspired by someone mm. or something that they do that you just didn't know might have a positive impact on your on your business or your team and yeah. so I quite like that element as well yeah absolutely so you've been going almost five years now as as pocket creatives how do you see the next five years panning out it's an interesting one and actually I, I am having to actively dedicate time to thinking about that question um with the prevalence of smartphones and the ease now of um, uh, technology um, there are more and more people in our space um, mm. there are more people who are doing their own filming and photography that have effectively become um, I think they're called phantom competitors um, and that does you know have a lot of questions over what you can still add uh, as value from being an expert in our field yeah um, so what can we do that someone who has an iPhone um, and you know a little bit of a brain what what <laughs> can we still offer um, that gives them an upgrade on doing it themselves mm. and that, that you know that's an interesting question um, that we we're, we're, I think we're going to have for the next few years. Um, AI is becoming more interesting as well in a yeah. number of different areas that affect um, the range of services that we offer. Um, I've always been at the mindset that you know, computers will find it very, very difficult to replace that human intuition. Yeah. Um, however, almost on a weekly basis, I'm almost being proven wrong <laughs> in some areas. Um, so, yeah, I think it's a difficult question. Um, I think people will continue to do more of their own work. Um, but I think, I think the strategy and I think the, the subtleties that sit in between the lines are where um, my company will still um, be able to add an awful lot of value. Um, knowing how to interview people, yeah. knowing when to go up to somebody or when not to go up to somebody, knowing what shots to cut together, um, knowing whether or not the um, visuals that you're going to deliver to somebody need to have a white background or when they don't. We don't only work with large companies, we work with a lot of startups and what they value um, almost more than anything from you is your ability to handhold and yes. recommend and make suggestions. And again, I don't see um, being able to do things yourself or 
newer technologies, being able to replace having a conversation with someone in my position to say, look, here's, here's the position that I'm in. What do you recommend? Yeah. Um, and being able to use my experience to say, well, actually, from, from having worked with lots of companies like you before, this is what you should look at doing next. And perhaps this is the thing you should look at doing after. But don't waste your money here, here or here, which are not at the stage where that's going to be of a benefit yet. Yeah. Yeah. And that's something that no computer is ever likely to be able to do, I think. I'd like to hope not, otherwise <laughs> it definitely puts me out of a job. <laughs> <laughs> so finally then, Stephen, if, if people are interested in finding out more about you and Pocket Creatives, what's the best way for them to find you? The usual best starting point is uh, our website, which is www.pocketcreatives, with the S on the end, dot, uh, .uk. Um, we spent an awful lot of time making sure that's got all the right information on it and it contains an awful lot of stuff to look at, even if it's just for people's um, inspiration, yeah. really, to see what um, sort of content that they, they could create. Um, but we, we offer a lot of a lot of different services, but we never charge anything for someone to phone up and say, hey, this is the position I'm in. You know, what, what can you add? What can you do? What would you recommend I do at my, at my stage? Um, so that's the that's the starting point really lovely so you're always happy to have a chat with people absolutely absolutely great well thank you very much for your time today and the best of luck with pocket creatives going forward thank you very much it's been a pleasure thanks for listening to small business big network if you found this podcast useful please do rate review and subscribe and don't forget to share it with the rest of your network too